How's everybody doing? So good to see you all. I've been out of the saddle for two weeks, so I'm glad to be back. Amen. How many enjoyed Pastor Paul the last two weeks, though? Woo! Some good words. If you missed it, jump online and catch up. But happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Hope you're having a great Valentine's. I already got some chocolate on my desk. Miss Denise and Elder Mike, they know my love language is peanut butter and chocolate. Hallelujah. So good to see everybody. I'm so glad you're here. And I'm excited about this year. God gave me a word for our church body. Um, it, the, the word for this year for our church is the year of Jubilee. And I truly believe that we are walking in a jubilee season in the kingdom of God. And not only in the kingdom, but I believe in the world. And I believe there's a supernatural anointing that's hitting the church of Jesus Christ. That God is going to do some miracles financially. I think we're in a debt cancellation season. Somebody say amen. We need some supernatural power of God. God's going to give back some things that the enemy stole from you. God's going to rebuild relationships or give you some new relationships. I truly believe it's the year of Jubilee. And God wants us as a church to get ready, to get our faith activated, to get our belief system and see what God sees. Amen. Because if we can't see what God sees, we can't go where God wants us to go. You know, and we can have it here, and we can have a really good message, but I'm talking about are we seeing it on Monday through Saturday? You know, every day of the week, are we seeing what God really wants? And so God really challenged me to bring a message over the next few weeks that if we really want to have jubilee, if we really want the miracles and, and we really want the redemption and the payback, we're going to have to change our mentality. That we're really going to have to focus in this season that whatever I brought into this year even in my past, I'm going to choose not to take it into my future. That we're going to have to break some of these bondages of the failure of mentality that is keeping us spinning our wheels or having our foot stuck in mud. How many is ready for some new seasons? But we have to understand that our mind and how we think and how we see the future is really the controlling force of where we're we're going starting today and even into the next season. Our mind is so powerful and it's so strong. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to give you some examples and we're going to really study this. But God wants us to recognize the way that our thoughts are directing us. And not just for little things, I'm talking about do you see the supernatural of God? Are we seeing the big things, the favor, the breakthrough, the, the blessings, the harvest of the kingdom of God? We're going to have to rewire, rewire our brain to see what God sees in this season. Amen. I want to be the one with Gideon that went on to the victory. I don't want to be the one that had, go, had to go back to camp because I couldn't see what God saw. Amen. We're going to be the 300 and we're going to go take back what belongs to us. Amen. So we're going to have to decide. Are we going to embrace the mentality of failure or rejection or disappointment or whatever that is that's holding us captive? Or are we going to embrace to see the promises of God? Like I said in first, first, first service, something I learned very young in the Lord, and I love the God that we serve because God gives us a free will, doesn't he? And I love that. Like God doesn't make me love him. God doesn't make me repent of my sins. He gives me the free choice to choose those things, but he doesn't make me. And I love that freedom. And that's the same thing with where you're going. Are we going to choose to keep seeing things the way that we've always seen them? Or are we going to change ourselves and begin to see what God sees in this season? And it's going to rely on us personally to make that decision. 
and say, I'm not going to bring in the garbage of the past. I'm not going to bring in the way mom and dad raised me or didn't raise me. I'm not going to bring in the mistakes. I'm going to begin to see the supernatural power of God. I'm not only in my own life, I'm believing God for some big things in this season. But I also know that heaven is opening up over Faith Builders Church in North Phoenix, Arizona. We're going to take this city for Jesus. And we're going to step into a revival of God. But it's going to cause us as God's kids to begin to see what God sees. Amen. So what do we have to do first? We have to get our mindset to align to the word of God. What does God's word say in this season about you? Not about your circumstance, but what does God's word say about you? Let's open up the word of God to Proverbs 23. And we're going to look at two verses here. And this is so powerful. And there's a little part of this verse that we all quote all the time, but we call it the sandwich. Sometimes we forget the beginning and the end, and we just go for that middle, right? It's like the good part. But there's a sandwich involved with the Word of God that we got to take it all into perspective and apply the entire Word of God. And so it says there, do not eat the bread of a miser. Now, a miser there is the evil one or the evil voice. And what God is saying in this season that we've got to quit eating what the enemy's given to us. We got to quit getting satisfied and full of the disappointments and remembering all the things that we wish we wouldn't have done, the things we wish we would have done, and we're continuing to eat of this thing the enemy is feeding us, and we're wondering why we are defeated and beat down. And we got to decide in this season, I'm not going to rely on my past any longer. The enemy may knock on your door, but I'm not going to eat of his uh, accusations anymore. I'm not defeated. I'm not discouraged. I'm not broken. I'm blessed. I'm favored. I walk in victory. And I'm not going to eat what the enemy starts knocking on my door. And we're going to have to choose to say that. Nor do I desire his delicacies. Because what does the enemy want to do? He wants to dangle in front of you all the things of the past of regret, all the labels that life has put on you, some dreams that you think have passed you by, which I'm here to tell you today by the Spirit, your dreams are still alive. The things that God has spoken over your life still is going to come to pass. They are still in the heart of the Lord. They are still the will of God. But we're going to have to say, I'm not going to buy what the enemy's feeding me right now. I have to see what God sees, think what God thinks, and listen, feel what God feels. I'm not going to feel an emotion of depression or, or overwhelmed. I'm not going to feel disappointed of my past. I'm not going to feel like I've been left out. No, I'm going to get in alignment with the word of God. I'm not eating what the devil put in the table in front of me. God has a banquet overflowing of his blessings. It's time to eat at the banquet of Jesus Christ. This is what the church is going to look like. I'm telling you, this world is going to be so blessed, and the church is going to be the rising light of this season. I would say the rising star. That sounds a little Hollywood. But the church is going to rise in this season, and we need to be free where God wants us to be so that we can go in the flow of this revival that is coming to this earth. Amen? And it comes through the promises and the blessings of God in our lives. So don't eat of the enemy's words anymore. Don't eat of his disappointments. For verse 7 says what? For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, we quote that verse all the time, but listen, it's saying don't buy the bread of the enemy because if you're believing what he's saying over you, that's how you think and that's how you feel and that's how you respond. So when I stop buying into his lies, I begin to think what God thinks. 
that word think means this. It means to split open. See, we love God, we come to church, and we worship, and how many, we really want the blessings of God, but we're walking double-minded. We're split open. I feel God in this environment, I worship God, that's a great word, Pastor Bart, Pastor Paul, or who's ever feeding you. And then we walk out the door on, on Sunday afternoon even, or wake up Monday, and the enemy just punches us in the gut, and we go, yep, God's never going to do that for me. God's never going to favor me. This is the way life is, and I just have to learn to accept it. But we have to say, no, I'm not going to be double-minded in this season because there's a supernatural anointing coming to this earth on display in this season. And I want to be smack in the middle of it. How about the rest of you? I'm going to be a piggy for Jesus in this season. I want all that God has measured out for me as a woman, as a woman of God, and as a pastor in this city and for faith builders. I want it all, God. And I want it all back, whatever the enemy stole from me. Amen. I want my dreams. I want my desires. I want my vision. I want purpose. I want what you have for me. And I'm not going to accept what the enemy is trying to lie to me. I heard this quote this week, and they said, you know, if the enemy is lying about you or people are lying over you, you're right over the target. You're right over the target. Because why would the enemy be hitting you so hard? So if you're going through it, stand still and see the redeeming power of God. Don't move. Don't get in your emotions. Don't get in your flesh. Say, I am right smack in the will of God, and I'm not going to eat your garbage devil. Amen. I'm not going to eat it anymore. I'm not going to be satisfied in my soul. I'm going to let my spirit be excited. I'm going to let my spirit hear and see what God sees. Scripture says, for as you think, that thing that split open, um, so is your heart. It's in your heart. Your heart is your seat of your emotions. Now, your spirit believes it, but where is your heart today? Because you can say, I want to go there, God. I want that blessing. I want that payback. I want jubilee. I want every promise. But if your heart is still struggling, your heart is still in disappointment, you can want to go there, and your car is going to go over here. It's going to go over here. So we have to get those emotions, excuse me, and heart in line with what the word of God says. I'm going there, hell or high water. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not looking to the left or the right or anybody's opinions or my circumstances. I'm looking unto Jesus who penned my life, who was the author of it, and he's going to be the one to finish it. How many is ready for that? How many is ready for the page to flip in your book? Jesus. Turn the page. I need a new chapter, amen. We need a new chapter. And that's what God is gracing us. Faith builders is walking in Jubilee this year. We are going to hear so many testimonies of only God could have done that. Only God could have restored my marriage. Only God could have paid that debt. Only God. And God wants to show off in this season. But we limit him. When we don't get our mind in line with the word of God and we don't get those emotions under control. Amen. So, so as a man thinks in his heart, so easy. So what does the enemy say? Eat and drink, he says to you. Come on, remember the past. Remember how you were broken. Remember how you were a failure. Remember all these things. But what, what's the word say? But his heart is not with you. So what does the devil come? I'm going to set you up. And I'm going to steal from you what God already gave you. But because I can make you feel a certain way about something, you'll throw in the towel yourself and you'll walk away from the blessings of God in your life. And yet you have full access into the kingdom. 
You have the keys of life and death. God's given you the keys of the kingdom, but the enemy keeps us in our emotions and the seat of our affection and the garbage of our past that we can never embrace what God has for us. And that's where we can look literally in life and see, man, that person is blessed all the time. God never does anything for me. Right? Why doesn't God do that for me? Why isn't so-and-so happy? Why didn't I get that favor? Why didn't I get that blessing? And we get mad at God. And so many people walk away from the kingdom because they see other people blessed when in fact they only received the blessings because they weren't eating the delicacies of the enemy lying to them. They weren't buying into the Monday phone call or how the boss treated them on Thursday or whatever you saw on Facebook on Friday. They're not eating of those things. They're going to think in their heart what God sees and what God says. And when you do that, the blessings then to be, begin to come over your life. And you've got to recognize the enemy's coming to steal from you. And we got to get to a place where you know what? You're not stealing from me anymore, devil. You're not stealing my joy. You're not stealing my peace. You're not stealing my favor, my breakthrough, my blessings. Whatever God has for me is mine and my family and my children and my children's children. It's mine, amen. It's mine. I'm going to say, declare the word this year. All that God has for me. We don't have to bow our knee to just enough and a little bit. No, we want all that God has for our life. But it requires us to begin to see what God sees. Amen. Let's open up to Genesis uh, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Genesis 12, 1 and 2. My Bible has been so beat up, y'all. Genesis is looking scary. It's still in the book, though, so I'm happy about that. All right, Genesis chapter 1, and this is, this is the story of Abram before he became Abraham. And Abram was obviously from the lineage of Noah, but his great, 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 nine, nine generations ago was Shem, which was the son of Noah. And God had a, a calling on Abraham's, Abram's life, young, but God had to transition him from one position to the next position. And in Abram's life here, you have to remember when God was calling him, he was 75 years old. He wasn't a whippersnapper 20 years old. He was 75 years old. And God said, I've chosen you, Abram. I've set you apart, Abram. And what's the big lie in the world today? Oh, you're too old. Let's leave it for the young people. Or it's passed you by. No, that's a lie. If God said it, God called it, God anointed it, and he will do it we got to quit looking at what we see in the natural, and we got to see what God sees. And so God was calling Abram, and, and in verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1, it says this. And the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land I will show you. Leave that there for just a minute. What was God saying to Abraham, who was a man of his own house? God said, Abraham, if you want the blessings, you better get out of your father's house. And that word house there means clan or family. We've got to get out of the house of the way that our parents used to behave or how they used to do things, how somebody spoke over you, how the past was, get out of that house. Get away from what's familiar to you. And God says, I'll show you the place, but you got to walk away from what's familiar and keeping you down and go to a place that I'll show you before you get there. 
But you got to get out of the house, everybody. You got to get out of the field of familiarity. You got to be willing to lay down those thoughts and those lies and those false accusations and say, God, whatever it takes, I'm going to this new land this year. I'm not going to buy into the old stuff. I'm going to see what you want for my life, God. How many want that? I want that so desperately, but we've got to be willing to get out of the old way of thinking and the old way of seeing things. And if you look here, when Abram did, God said in verse 3, when you go to a place by faith, what's he say I'm going to do? I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Now, we take that verse and we declare it over our lives, don't we? God, you're going to make me a great nation. You're going to bless me. You're going to make my name great. And we walk by faith and nothing happens. And God's like, it's because you're still staying in the old house. I can't give you new wine with the old wineskins. You got to get rid of that mentality. Get rid of that lie of the enemy. Quit eating what he's putting in front of you and go by faith. And be vulnerable to God and say, God, I'm going to put that junk behind me and I'm going to step into the blessings that you've already given me in my life. Amen. God wants to bless you, not just financially, that's a big part of it, but he wants to bless you with your heart's desires. He wants to bless you with creative ideas and witty inventions and ministry opportunities and, and favor and promotions and a great marriage and raising children that serve God all the days of their life. You have the blessings of God and we're staying stuck in the old house. God says, come out, I want to bless you. This word blessed there, when you study it, I never saw it this way before till I studied it here. There's a worship word called Barak praise. And Barak praise is a bowing down or it is a kneeling down. And when God says here, when you get out of that old way of thinking, God says, I'm going to Barak bless you. It means he gets down on his knees. God, he gets down on his knees and he proclaims a blessing over your life. God speaks over your life a blessing and a rich, full life. God, he comes off the throne when you get in that place of trusting him. And he's like, I will kneel down and I'm the only one who can bless you. I'm the only one who can pour into your life. I am God and I will humble myself and I will pour out my blessings upon you because you're trusting me. And it made me think of, because I'm like, I love to barack God. You know, I love to kneel before God. I'll bow before God. That's a, a part of worship. But I never saw it where God knelt down before me and poured his blessings out on my life. And it reminded me of that scripture verse that says that when we draw nigh to God, he draws nigh to me. When I say, God, here I am, God's like, he kneels right before me. Was, All that I have is yours. Because you took a posture of trusting me. You took a posture of honoring me. And you're willing to let go the past to embrace what I really have for you. And it is the blessings of God, amen. And when he gets down on one knee, he's preparing to speak or to receive words of blessings. But if we're living in disappointment... If we're living like we're not good enough and we're never going to be good enough and we failed and we're too old or I'm not married or I'm married or whatever it is that the enemy lies to you, we are not in a posture for God to speak the blessings over our life. And if we can see it that way, man, I'm going to get postured really fast. 
I want to deal with my garbage really fast because I, I don't want just a little bit. I don't want a morsel. God's going to bless you. You're his kid. But I want the jubilee. I'm talking about going in this supernatural realm of God where God just races your debt and gives you a brand new slate and a new beginning. Amen. Where God just blesses you and favors you and gives you all of your heart's desires. It's already yours. Why? Because he is the blesser. And we've got to quit putting our faith and trust even in our helpmate. They can't be the blesser. We've got to quit putting it in our, our, um, our bosses and our job security. None of that matters. God is the one who blesses you. He will bless you in a situation where everybody else is in poverty and you are blessed. Why? Because I'm his kid and he wants to bless me. Amen. He's the one who gives the capacity for living a rich and a full life. So what does he go on to say? I will make you a great nation. I will bless those who bless. Go ahead, sweetie. You can go back. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in all the families of, in all the, families of the earth shall be blessed. How many would love for God to be just fighting his, your battles for you? God to just be blessing you in your life. That's what God has for you. Amen. All right, so this was Genesis 12. Let's go over to Genesis 1 in uh, the very beginning. And I want to show you the God that we serve, the moment that he created you from the very beginning, what was the next thing God did? He created Adam and Eve, and then what did he do? He blessed them. God from the very beginning blessed you, the covenant from the very beginning. So in verse 27, it says, so God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So there's the creation. And before anything else happened, he said, then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Fruitful is what? Not just bearing children. It's in every way. He said God laid his hands on you and he blessed you. He said be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, have dominion over the fish of the seas, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. What did God do when he blessed you from the very beginning? He gave you dominion and authority. He gave you power over everything here on earth. And I'm not just talking about demonic activity. I'm talking about dominion authority over your mind and your soul. It's time to take control, amen. It's time to get it back. We have to stand up as men and women of God. You are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. You've got the great I am living on the inside of you. And we've got to walk like that this year. We've got to talk like that this year and be a living example of who God said that we are. You are not broken. There is nothing missing in your life. There is nothing that you need to do. Jesus did it. He signed, sealed, delivered. God sent his son so that you can walk in the blessings and the overflow and the favor and the increase because of the cross. And I'm telling you, the church in this season is going to look like this. People that are not beat down, people that are not disappointed, people that are not scattered. That's why the devil's fighting so hard right now to bring division and strife. And I don't believe this way and I don't believe that way. It is the devil and he's wanting us to eat of those delicacies. 
instead of see, uh uh-uh, God's in the middle of everything. The great I am is still sitting on the throne. And there is a revival that is coming to this earth. There is a shaking from heaven. There's a releasing from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you, we're going to be right in the middle of what God is doing. And your life and your family and your children are going to be blessed because of it. Because you chose God and you chose the kingdom of God. The only thing I'm going to bow to is not the world. I'm going to kneel before Jesus. I'm going to barack before my Savior, the one who can bless me. Amen. Everything else, we don't want to give any place to it in this season. And, you know, you think, well, I don't really think bad about myself, you know. But if we could really just count what really comes out of our mind during the day, you would hear all the self-hate. And the loathing and the disappointments. And it may never come out of your mouth, but it's in the heart. And we're hurt and we're broken and we're discouraged and we're, God, why aren't you doing this? And all this stuff is going on on the inside of us and we've got to let those things go. I've got to pay attention to what's bringing me down and distracting me and get back to what God says and sees about my life. As a single woman, I know the tactics of the enemy. I know exactly the tools in his toolbox that he likes to whip out for me. And they used to work for a while. But I got wise in it. I I got a discernment of, of what he used in my life. And when it comes, I have to reroute him immediately. I have to tell the devil to get behind me in the name of Jesus the moment that it visits my life. The moment that he's dangling it. Why? Because when you give in to emotions, it brings you down a rabbit hole that is really hard to get back out you go down that that hole of disappointment and fear and regret or whatever it is and it's hard to claw your way back out and you do eventually but we have to get to a place that go I'm not going down that hole anymore that's not going to work on me anymore I'm a woman a man of God I'm the head and not the tail and we'll read that in a minute but all these things I have the blessings of God on my life and on my side and I don't have to go down that road anymore amen I am blessed. I am blessed and I'm favored by God. And I have all dominion. It means I have jurisdiction rule. Your emotions do not rule you unless you let them. You cannot feel bad about yourself unless you let them. Nobody from your past can tell you how to feel unless you let them. And it's time to say, I'm not going to listen to those voices anymore. I'm going to see what God sees. I'm going to feel what God wants me to feel. And I'm going to take the territory and go into the promised land and receive all that God has for my life. It's time for the devil to do some payback. Amen. I want some payback. Hundredfold return on some things that he ripped me off. Hundredfold return of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want it all back. And the way it's going to come is when we align to what God says in my life. I am blessed. I am favored. And God has chosen me. If you look at Numbers uh, tw- number 6, I want to go over there for a second. Just bring you a lot of scripture today. And Pastor Paul last week talked a little bit about the, the different covenants, the Abrahamic covenant, which we, we uh, read. Well, we talked about Abraham. But this is the priestly uh, blessing of Aaron. And I love this so much, and it's something we should be speaking over our life. And do you know that the Jewish uh, heritage are very wealthy, successful people, and then their children go on to be wealthy and successful. And it's because they know the power of the praying the blessings over their children's lives. And the the father would always lay hands on the children and declare this blessing, and it was this. uh, Verse 22, chapter 6. And the Lord said to Moses... 
Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. So what is God saying? We have to bless. You got to lay hands and bless yourself. Lay hands on your husbands or wives and bless them. You're anointed to do that. You may not like them at the minute, but bless them anyway. Because you'll reap the benefits of it, amen. You shall say to them, this is how you do it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's going to bless you. He's going to keep you. What does that mean? He's going to hem you in. He's going to keep you safe from harm and danger. He's going to watch over your heart and your soul and the things that, that, that are dear to your heart. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So then you shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. When you are in alignment with God, I mean, that scripture is rich, full of so many blessings of God. But when you are allowing God to bless you, God's face is shining on you. So that means whatever's going on in the world and the darkness and the confusion and whatever it is, I only see the glory of God shining on my face. I don't see the world. I don't see disappointment. I don't look in the natural. I have God's glory. Why? Because he's blessing me. And he's opened up heaven and he's shining down upon me, right? He lifts up my countenance. When you know God is on your side, it lifts up your countenance. And you can receive the joy of God in a dark situation, amen? You can receive the blessings of God when it doesn't make sense in your life. And God will give you peace and he'll put his name upon your life. Man, the blessings of God are so rich. And God is longing to open up heaven and pour them down in our lives. He's waiting, but he's waiting for us to lift up our eyes unto him. He's waiting for us to put our stance of worship so that he can give you every desire of your heart. But you're going to have to wrestle with this soul of yours. And you're going to have to learn to fight that good fight of faith until you can push that out of your life and receive all that God has for you. So let's look over here really quick to Deuteronomy 28. And I want to pronounce these. I, it's such a blessing to be able to speak these over your life today. But I also want you to know what God has for you because you're in covenant with the Father. And in Deuteronomy 28, it says this, And all these blessings shall come upon you. And they shall overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. See, when you're out of the old house, when you're putting away those old thoughts and negativity and you're stepping into God, that's when the blessings take you over. And we wonder, well, why aren't the blessings taking me over? Why isn't my prayer working? I'm declaring the word because we're still buying in to that mentality that we're not good enough. And we've got to position ourselves. And when we do, I'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. I can declare that with great favor and faith because I know I'm positioned where God wants me to be. I'm blessed in the city. Amen. 
Verse 4, blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground. The fruit of your body will be blessed. Your organs are blessed. You have good life. You have a strong body. You have strong organs. You'll run and not grow weary. You're going to walk and not faint. Man, my body kind of hurts today. I don't care. I'm blessed. The fruit of my room is blessed. My body is blessed. I'm healed from the top of my head to the tips of my toes. I have strength going in and strength going out. Amen. You've got to see the covenant that you have and the blessings of God. That's when the supernatural happens. I have a pain in my body, but I'm going to declare the wondrous working power of God. I'm going to decree the blood of Jesus. And, man, it hurts right now, but I'm still going to speak the power of God. And then God heals you, and there's a manifestation of the blessing of God that was already there for you. But because you positioned yourself to declare that blessing, now you're walking in it. Amen. And that's when we're going to see blinded eyes open. That's when the lame is going to walk. That's when we're going to see cancer fall off people. When the church of Jesus Christ comes together believing for the supernatural move of God. And no more of this emotional garbage that we can get caught up into. Amen. Even, even in, in Christendom, we can get in emotions. When in reality, it's all God. Amen. Verse 5, blessed shall be your baskets and your kneading bowls. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. God, I'm walking out my door. I'm blessed. I'm stepping in the job. I'm blessed. You're blessed to know me. When I walk next to you, you get blessed because I show up. Wherever my feet go, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm favored, I'm promoted. God loves me. Healing follows me. That's why Paul in the Bible, the shadow could heal people because he walked in the blessings of God. When you know who you are. I'm not perfect, but I'm blessed. I get aggravated, but I'm blessed. I make mistakes, but I'm blessed. That means that everywhere I go, I'm blessed. Amen. My marriage is blessed because I'm, I'm blessed. You know, there's a blessing when you really know the covenant of God. Where are we at here? All right. Blessed shall you be when you come in and when you go out. Verse 7. And the Lord will cause your enemies who rise up to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and they shall flee in seven ways. Woo! How many need some enemies to flee from your life? Just walk in the blessings of God. His face is shining on you. you got your joy. You've got your peace. You're loving God. And the devil is fleeing in a hundred directions terrified of you. And you don't even know what's happening. You're like, what's going on with everybody? Everything's crazy. Well, God is fighting the battle for you. God will cause the enemy to be defeated before you because you're walking in the blessings of God. It's not arrogance. But it's, I know who I am. I know who I am. I have the blessings of God. I've been blessed by God since he created me, and I'm blessed today, and I'll be blessed till I take my last breath and go to heaven. That means I can walk in that assurity and that authority of who God is in my life. All right, verse 8. And the Lord will command the blessings on you and in your storehouses and everything you put your hand to, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now, isn't that a different way of looking at it? Man, I'm blessed. Everything I touch, my hands are blessed because of God in my life. That means it's not about me. It's not about the working of my flesh. 
It's not about whether this boss likes me or doesn't like me. None of that. I'm blessed because my hands are blessed. And God has blessed me. Amen. Everything I touch shall be blessed. All right, let's go down for the sake of time. But I want to go down to verse 12. And you can read all this on your own, Deuteronomy. You should be reading all these blessings over your life. But verse 12 says this, And the Lord will open to you his good treasures, the heavens, to give you the rain to your land in its season. How many is ready for some fresh rain? Man, refreshing. We're living in this season. Don't wait for the world to get better. Let it rain right now. Let the refreshing come to you right now. The whole, we could be the desert everywhere, but my house is raining. I have a cloud right over my house, and I have the rain of God that's pouring down in my life. Amen. We'll open up the good treasures, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season and bless all the work of your hands. And you will lend to many nations and you will not borrow. This is what the church of Jesus Christ should look like. We should never have a mortgage on a church building. We should never have to pay for land. We should have a, such a blessing in the kingdom of God that we're able to just pay cash for everything. We should be able to pay widows' houses off, widows' cars off. We should be able to be blessed, to be a blessing. And when you know it, then you're a conduit of the blessings of God to the kingdom of God. And now the working of the kingdom is at play. And that's when revival will happen. When you become a blessing, to be a blessing, pour back into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God doesn't have its hands tied, wondering how we're going to do this. and Do we have to raise money? No, we should be able to just move ahead into the kingdom of God. Amen. When you know you're blessed and you're favored, which I know that you do. I'm just, I'm just provoking you. Amen. All right. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Amen. That's when that verse works. When you're getting rid of the bad thoughts. The, the wrong mentality. I am the head because of God. I'm blessed. I'm not the tail. I'm not walked on. I'm not defeated. I don't have to be depressed. I don't have to be jealous. I don't have to be insecure. Why? Because I'm the head. I don't look like it right now, but I'm the head. And I'm favored. And God's blessings are going to come over my life when it's in season. And I'm trusting when that's going to happen. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which is what? Just get under the blessings of God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. That is the blessings of God. You guys should be reading Deuteronomy 28 over your life every day. Just go ahead and do it. I give you permission. And do the Aaron covenant. Speak that. Every day over your family, husbands, wives, pray that with each other. You watch and begin to see the mentality will change. Yes, you have to work. Yes, you have to, you know, you can't go spend the millions of dollars and say, well, God's, you know, you know what I'm saying. But you just step into the supernatural wisdom of God. All right, let me close with this this morning. And we're going to do a, a few more weeks on, on this area. But I want to close. How do we get in that position to be blessed from God is you have to be humble. You have to humble yourself. And that means get yourself in a position where, God, here I am. I'm not going to run from it anymore. I've got this thing. I've got this thought pattern. I've got this something from the past. I don't know what it is, but you do. And you have to come to a place where go, God, search my heart. It's all yours. And if there's something there that I need to let go of, I want to do that. Well, I'm kneeling before you, God. Here I am. I'm humble. I'm not going to be prideful in this season. I'm not going to think it's my labor anymore. I'm going to trust you, God. And I'm going to come before you humble. 
And I'm going to close in this in 1 Peter 5. I'm going to read verse 6. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. There's a humility. And a humility is not, it's not like a, you have to go crying all the time. And it's not these emotions. Uh, I think it was Moses, God so was meek. And Moses was anything but like weak and weepy. But that meekness means power under control. And so a humility is just coming to God and saying, I'm under control. I'm, I'm humbling myself, not by emotions, but by the position of my heart. Here's my heart, God. I recognize I have a problem. I recognize I have labels from the past. I recognize that I feel you've passed me by and I don't have an opportunity anymore. It's just getting real with God. And you know what? It's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard. Because who we, we self-preserve. That's our human nature, isn't it? We immediately protect ourselves because I don't want to feel vulnerable. But with God and humility, you have to let go and trust God. Amen. So let's keep looking at this. Humble yourself before, your, before the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, being willing to be submitted to God. But it goes on to say, casting all your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for me. So that means my position of vulnerability, I can give to God. That word care means to be um, divided in the mind, just like earlier, double-minded. Divided in the mind. I'm taking the things that's dividing me, God, and I'm going to be vulnerable and give them to you. And how, how can I do that? Because I know he's going to be vulnerable and care for me. That means I can trust God with my heart. I can trust him with this place that I don't let nobody know about. And I try to ignore it myself. I sweep it under the carpet. But it's keeping you in this place of stagnancy and not the blessings of God. So I'm gonna, if it's in your car, it doesn't matter. You can be in a workshop. You can be anywhere at the gym. And God can meet you right there. And you can have a vision. And I, I, I've had experiences with God. I, yeah, I was out, out walking and the presence of God out of nowhere will hit me. Or I'm just cleaning my house and I'm not even being spiritual at all. I'm like, man, I just all of a sudden I feel God's presence. And that's the grace of God, but being willing to be humble. Amen. Goes on to verse 8. Be sober and vigilant, self-controlled. And I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to recognize his tactics, like I said earlier. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We're declaring jubilee this year. And I, you're going to start doing it too. We're believing for the supernatural. Pay attention to the devil. Pay attention. Strife, division, false accusations. Just wait for it. But recognize it. And go, oh, that's just the devil. He's trying to get me to eat his bread, but I ain't going to eat it. Why? Because I recognize him. I'm not going to bow down to that deception. Amen. I'm going to recognize. I'm going to be vigilant in this season because I'm not going backwards. I'm going forwards. Because I know the devil just wants to steal from me and my family. Verse 9. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. What does that mean? You're not the only one going through it. We got to get out of this perception that, man, I'm just broken and I'm, you know, like Elijah, he's hiding in the cave thinking he's the only one. You're not the only one hurting. You're not the only one broken. You're, all your eyes are right on me and I've been there. 
I've been broken. I've been hurting. I've been wondering where is God. We've all been there. And when I know that I went through it and came through it, I can rejoice knowing you're going to get through it. And watching you get through it makes me go, I can get through it. That's the brotherhood. Don't get in self-pity. Don't get wrapped up in you're the only one going through it. No, we've all gone through it, but we're not going to stay there anymore. Amen. We're going to pick it up. We're going to walk forward with Jesus, and we're going to be who God's called us to be. Amen. And we're going to do what God's called us to do in this season. Amen. All right, close your eyes, Father. I thank you for this amazing group of people and church family, God, and those watching by home. God, this is the year. This is the year of Jubilee where you are doing supernatural moves by your spirit. And God, as we are preparing for this season, I thank you that you give us grace, grace to push through. A grace, grace, God, that you're going to give us joy back. You're going to give us our hope back. You're going to give us our peace back, Father God, that whatever the enemy has stolen in the name of Jesus, the enemy has to give it back. And we just decree that today, Jesus. And I'm going to ask you as you're sitting there with your eyes closed, there's some things that we just need to give over to the Lord today. And I don't know what it is and whatever you've been struggling with and Whatever thing the enemy's been making you hang on to, today we're going to release that to the Father. And we're going to release it by faith. And maybe you just need to think today, what is that one place the enemy, just that one place that he keeps you on this merry-go-round and you just get stuck every time. And let the Lord speak to you. Because we're going to break that soul tie off of you today. Because it's a soul tie to what the enemy says is true. And we're going to break that off of you. And God's going to sever it by his spirit. And you're going to begin to hear what God says about you. You're going to begin to hear the goodness of God. You're going to feel God's presence again. There's some of you that have, have not felt God's presence. It's almost seemed like a, like a cold shoulder from God. You're like, God, where are you? And God says, by letting go today and trusting me, there's going to be a fresh flow of my spirit and my anointing and my power. So, Father God, we thank you. I want everyone to repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you to break the soul tie. Remove the control of the enemy from my heart and my mind. And I receive the refilling of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for right now to sever that soul tie of belief. The soul tie of someone's wrong words, God, of abuse coming off them now in Jesus' name. Father, every soul tie of failure. Lord, if it was a divorce that keeps them bound up, we release that now in Jesus' name. That it will not hold them captive in their soul, Father God. But, Lord, you'll sever it by your Holy Spirit that they'll be free, Father God, free from that bondage. It does not identify who they are, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. We just worship you today. And maybe you're here this morning. You need to make things right with Jesus. I want you, everyone, just to say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord 
and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. There's going to be a releasing into this new day, amen, a releasing into a new peace. And this week, I believe God is going to start shedding some things off of you. I know God opened up some things in some of your hearts today. But as you go about this week, just let the Lord peel you like an onion. Just let him take those layers off, amen, of disappointment or whatever it is. And allow God to really bring you into the fullness of what he has for you. Because I'm telling you, there are some great days ahead. And there's some supernatural things that we are coming into the kingdom, amen. For you personally and also for this ministry, that God is just opening up supernatural things, amen. All right, I love you all so much. I'm going to let Pastor Paul close the service.